Hi everybody, welcome to another podcast episode. My name is Alesh and uh, what I'm going to do today is walk you through the way I use calendar uh, as a system to support my meaningful work. I won't uh, suggest I'm perfect in here, so uh, what I'm going to offer uh, are systems that I'm learning to implement and uh, sometimes I'm failing, but for the most part, uh, uh, I can see the benefits whenever I am able to adhere to these principles. I'm going to touch upon three specific parts uh, when it comes to planning your time using calendar. I'm going to talk about planning your activities, about tracking them, and about reviewing uh, and adjusting uh, your planning for the future. So three uh, fairly discrete steps. When it comes to planning, most of you probably know that uh, uh, planning is essential if you know, accomplish something greater uh, than uh, an activity that could be fit within one uh, working day or possibly working week. Because your mental capacity is uh, simply usually not big enough to conceive larger project and planning time. At least, you know, to be fair, my mental capacity is not uh, that great to do that. So if you want to uh, accomplish something greater, you probably need uh, to plan. Well, no surprise there. So uh, what is, uh, what is uh, interesting about planning? Something I didn't know uh, or didn't implement uh, five years ago and uh, now I'm much more diligent and maybe this will help you. So number one, have everything uh, when it comes to calendars in one place. Most of people I know, they juggle with the work calendar uh, and the private calendar as separate uh, entities. This is uh, essentially essentially detrimental to uh, your productivity and to clarity of uh, where your time goes. I've been doing this for a long time, having Google Calendar as my private, uh, private calendar and uh, Outlook as uh, the weapon of choice uh, at work. Well, not really weapon of choice. I <laughs> wasn't free to choose it. That's what we use at work. Uh, when I combine both of those, uh, I was able to see much more clearly where my time goes. And uh, it didn't happen to me what used to happen before, that I missed some events uh, from my private calendar because I just didn't see them uh, on my work calendar. And I went overboard with my work tasks uh, just uh, uh, to learn later uh, that an appointment that I had in, in my, in my uh, private calendar uh, already passed. So what I suggest, uh, if you are like me, and uh, you can't really choose the type of calendar you're using for your work. For me, this is Outlook, um, which is something that's mandated by my employer. Uh, put your private tasks and private appointments into Outlook as well. There's a multitude of tools that allow you to synchronize uh, the, the Google Calendar with Outlook and the other way around. Um, I am uh, uh, currently currently uh, using the tool called G uh, Sync It, uh, which which allows you to uh, kind of populate uh, events uh, set in one calendar uh, in in the other. Uh, but uh, uh, in general, uh, if you can, just stick to the work calendar and put your private events in there. 
There are options to kind of log these events so your coworkers do not necessarily see details. Uh, but having it in there is essential because you only have, surprise, surprise, one set of hours uh, in each day. So if something is blocked for personal event, uh, you can't use it for work and vice versa. Uh, this brings us to time blocking. Time blocking uh, very simply means that uh, you block time increment in your calendar for uh, any task you want to accomplish. So instead of working with task lists, uh, you embed uh, these projected tasks in time. Uh, this sounds very simple. So basically what it means is, uh, suppose I want to work uh, on a report. I, I assume this report will take me 60 minutes. So instead of just putting it on, on a task list and, and hope that I will magically find 60 minutes in my day to work on that, I will just block a specific increment of time uh, to, uh, to accomplish uh, this task. Many people I know don't do that. I wasn't doing that for the longest time. And uh, uh, I was, uh, was kind of, uh, you know, hoping that the time will appear and it didn't. Uh, so um, what I'm doing now is I'm really putting blocks of time uh, in my in my calendar. I'm putting it there for every working day uh, to make sure uh, that these tasks actually have some time allocated to them. And uh, uh, what I suggest here, uh, maybe as a next step, is uh, think about uh, when you feel more energized. Are you a lark? You know, are you more productive in the mornings, or are you an owl and? Uh, uh, the mornings are horrible for you because you are still half asleep. Based on that, I suggest you block uh, the calendar uh, for uh, the work that requires your deep concentration in the times when you are the most productive. What I'm trying to do uh, is blocking my mornings uh, for uh, my uh, meaningful work and for something that requires my attention and uh, keeping the afternoons open for, for calls or you know, urgent events, uh, something uh, that I need to tackle uh, based on a uh, requirement of my coworkers. Uh, of course, this doesn't always work. I'm still getting uh, you know, uh, call invites and uh, uh, some events popping up in my calendar in the mornings, but still it provides certain guidance uh, to people who check my calendar uh, to kind of nudge them into these empty slots in my afternoons. Uh, that would be time blocking. Um, what I'd like to say, uh, and it's very, very important, and I'd say like it's, it's the next level of time blocking. Um, the time blocking makes sense not just for activities that are obvious, right, you know, work tasks, uh, but even for breaks. And uh, I mean... Lunch break is not something that should be an empty space in your calendar. Uh, it should be a time block where you take lunch. Uh, it was recommended to me lately uh, that um, time blocks should actually fill your entire calendar, entire 24 hours, including sleep. Because uh, you need to sleep. Sleep takes place in time. It takes time. And uh, uh, blocking in your calendar, the eight hours of sleep gives you very clear indication at what time you actually need to go to sleep if uh, you want to have eight hours before you wake up in the scheduled time. I started doing that a week ago 
and it was uh, it was very uh, insightful to see how uh, how my sleep is uh, uh, really kind of a space of a denial for me you know pushing uh, pushing forward uh, the uh, the time i'm going to bed uh, actually meant when i tracked it in the calendar uh, that i needed to push uh, the wake up time as well and seeing this in the calendar day before uh, is a big revelation that uh, allowed me uh, to be more mindful uh, when it comes to use my time. So that would be the planning stage, you know. So to to review everything in one calendar, no two calendars. Use time blocking, and within the time blocking, schedule everything. Schedule an hour for break. Schedule two hours for TV if you want to watch TV for two hours. Okay, but schedule it. You know, don't hope it's gonna happen. Don't don't feel uh, that this is something that is gonna happen uh, unscheduled. It probably will with TV, uh, but then you're gonna look back at your day and you wouldn't know where it went. So that would be the planning. Now I'm moving to the second of the three uh, stages. We talked about planning. Let me talk a little bit about tracking. Uh, we as humans. Uh, are suffering uh, with uh, behavioral bias, something that allows us to, um, you know, be irrational, but still very, very um, unpredictable when it comes to assessing how long a task takes. Uh, it is something that is well described by science. It's called uh, it's called uh, a planning fallacy, and uh, that means that we uh, systematically uh, underestimate uh, the amount of time needed to accomplish a task. I checked that and uh, it is really true. So what I realized for me, and this is this is slightly embarrassing, it's still going on, um, is that uh, uh, for many tasks, uh, I, uh, I estimate uh, less than half the time needed to accomplish them. So Normally, normally I plan an hour for a task and the task will take me two hours or two and a half. If this happens to you every now and then, you don't need to feel bad. This is human nature. Many people do that. And uh, the planning fallacy is, is uh, very, very extensively studied. So uh, it doesn't say anything about your intelligence, even though sometimes I feel it has a lot to do with, with my lack of intelligence. I you know, make myself feel bad about it. Uh, but uh, this is normal. So what you want to do, you want to track. You want to really have a mechanism that allows you to learn how much time things actually take. This is especially important for repetitive tasks. So what I suggest you do, and I'm actually doing it right now, uh, recording this podcast, is tracking time. Uh, use a stopwatch. Uh, use uh, a technique that would allow you to track how much time the thing actually takes. I did it with my morning routines. So now I know that just preparing breakfast actually takes me 20 minutes. I was delusional uh, before I started tracking. I thought, yeah, that's five minutes. In five minutes, it's just a couple of things. I just, just toss uh, the oats uh, in my bowl and I'm done. But it takes 20 minutes, you know, with uh, brushing my teeth, making coffee, all of that. Uh, now I have 20 minutes set aside in my calendar for making breakfast and this saves me a lot of frustration. But uh, 
uh, I'm uh, moving a little bit forward in here to uh, to uh, the third point, uh, which would be review and adjust. Before we go there, I just want to mention one technique uh, that is fairly simple for tracking because not everybody is excited about the idea of you know using stopwatch and uh, track your bathroom breaks or whatever. Uh, for some of us, this might work and you might be excited uh, to build a spreadsheet around that. Um, if you're not crazy, maybe you want something simpler. In that case, uh, you want to check out something called Pomodoro technique. Pomodoro uh, stands in this case for, uh, for a tomato. Uh, and uh, uh, it is related to these uh, old-fashioned kitchen timers uh, that you you wound up, and uh, uh, many of them looked like a po- like a like a pomodoro, like a tomato. So, uh, hence the term. A pomodoro technique is very simple. It basically says that you uh, divide your time uh, into short increments. In case of pomodoro, uh, as a default, they recommend twenty five minutes uh, working on a task, uh, being called one pomodoro. After 25 minutes of focused work, single tasking, working on one task only, uh, you should take five minutes break and then you continue with another Pomodoro. If you have tasks that take longer than than 25 minutes, you just do multiple Pomodoros. Within each of the Pomodoros, you just fully focus on the task without distractions and then you take the break. this uh, um, this fits pretty neatly into how calendars work for most of us uh, when uh, you work with 30 minutes increments. Uh, for me, work calls mostly take 30 minutes. This is doable. Uh, but um, if you find yourself uh, unable to focus for 25 minutes, uh, you can, of course, define the Pomodoro as you will. So maybe for you, it will be 10 minutes focused work and then a little break. Um, that's uh, totally up to you. Uh, it allows you to do some simple tracking when you know how many Pomodoros a day you actually spend working on something. So uh, with the previous example, for me, making breakfast would be, well, one Pomodoro spent preparing breakfast. So uh, we talked about planning. We talked about training. Tra- training. We talked about tracking a little bit. Um, let's talk about the last step, which would be reviewing and adjusting. So what do you want to do um, after you've planned something and tracked something, you want to review what actually happened. So um, I mentioned the planning fallacy. So what is very likely to happen with your day, and this is happening to me every day, even, even if I'm trying to fix this for, for a long time, is you had a plan, then you know life happened, and uh, your original plan that, that looked so neat and nice in the morning uh, was uh, uh, drastically altered by urgent calls, requests, uh, planning fallacy when you plant too little time to, to tackle something. And at the end of the day, you look at your calendar uh, that you planned in the morning and it just doesn't resemble how your day went at all. What you want to do at this point is uh, review and readjust the calendar uh, in a way that it reflects what actually happened in that day. Did you have a call that was supposed to take 30 minutes and it took 45? Well, just, you know, drag that box in a calendar if you're using if you're using computer and just stretch it to 45 minutes. Yes, stretch that uh, slot in the calendar in the past. 
Of course, it already happened. I mean, you can't get the time back. But uh, uh, when you review your calendar at the end of the day, uh, it will allow you to see what really happened with your time. And it gives you a better prediction for uh, the next time, for the next iteration. So what's important in here is removing the sense of guilt and the sense of failure out of this process. What we often tend to do, and I'm, I'm guilty of that almost every day, is we look back at what we planned and, uh, and when we did not deliver that, we feel guilty about ourselves. We feel, we feel bad. We feel, oh, I should have done better. And this is not, this is not right. And what's wrong with me? Uh, remove all this. What you did through tracking uh, is uh, you collected data about how uh, the reality looks like. You can use this data through the review to adjust your predictions for the next time. Okay, the breakfast preparation takes 20 minutes. It's going to be 20 minutes. Deal with it. You know, that's, that's the reality of this planet and of the time-space continuum, whatever that means. And uh, uh, next day, uh, I'm going to have 20 minutes allocated for that. Maybe I'm going to be able later to do it in, in 18 minutes, maybe 15. Maybe I can do some improvements in there. But uh, uh, it is much better than fooling myself into believing that I can do it in five. Because I can spend weeks and months and years uh, living in this delusion that something takes me five minutes and then being frustrated at the end of the activity. Okay, so that would be, that would be the main steps. Plan using just one calendar and time blocking. Track what is actually happening using Pomodoro technique or stopwatch or whatever works for you. And as a third step, review what actually happened and adjust your prediction based on that. I know it sounds simple and uh, it actually is, uh, but uh, as many activities uh, that are simple, uh, it doesn't mean uh, it is easy. It's not easy for me. I'm going to keep trying and improving. And uh, I invite you to try as well. If you have any further suggestion for uh, for effective or efficient or efficate, whatever are the English versions of the, the you know, effective uh, word, um, any tips regarding good use of calendar, put them in the comments, uh, share it with me and uh, everyone else who may be watching. And... Uh, uh, I'm going to see you next time with another episode. Thank you. Have a great day.